Today we're chatting with Elizabeth Davy. Now, Elizabeth is a writer, director, and teacher, and she's running an intro to stand-up four-week workshop for us, uh, as well as one about finding your inner clown. The links to both of those are in the description. Uh, please sit back and enjoy the episode. Is there a lot of pressure in open mics? I don't know if there's a lot of pressure, but it's more like um, you've got five minutes and a lot of the audience is other comedians who are thinking about their material. Uh, and yeah. so it's not, I mean, they can be supportive, but it, it can be a bit like, I don't know, it's a great training ground and I can see there's benefits to it and I know there's things that I, I miss about it. Like, um, yeah, just being up so regularly. And just seeing if you can win people over in five minutes. But the stress I found was too much for the benefit. Like yeah. it wasn't. And, and you're spending like three or four hours sometimes at a gig at night. Is that like, waiting for your turn? Yeah, yeah, sometimes. Like you might be. Or at least an hour. Like, and it's always at the evening or, you know, yeah. And you just got to kiss, kiss the ring a lot to try and get a spot. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's the part I don't like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do you think is it something that's good for like if new comedians are starting out? go along and try those but then once you're a seasoned performer in a sense not not like I that sounds like it's phrasing it like it's an arrogance type thing mm, but yeah. not at all I just mean in the sense that if it's something that stand-ups like what you do and it's not just this new thing that you're sort of oh definitely trying. it's so good like I think there's like I have the things that I don't like about it but that doesn't mean it's like I don't think it's great like and I encourage students when they're learning stand-up to do it yeah I do think you need to if I wanted to build another stand-up show I'd probably go back and do it. I just found when I was doing clown or doing things that were weird or in a costume, it just became more stress than it felt oh, like it was open worth. mics? Yeah. Is that because they were mainly stand-up open mics in that sense? Yeah, often it is. Yeah, or it's just trying to – I mean, it's – I say that, but it is a great training ground to build, like, those skills and to, like, you know, yeah, get yourself across in five minutes. Yeah. Um, but I found once I started doing more weird stuff or clown, I just found it quite tiring, like yeah. to try and get there and try and get it across and test it. And because you can't do clown without an audience, but it it's not its best environment. I think a stand up open mic is not the best place for clown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Do they um, run like clown open mics in a sense? There are alternative comedy nights and stuff. It seems to be more booked yeah. rather than open mic. Um I think as well, there's just the volume of doing it, like, yeah, just fighting to get time, stage time and stuff. And it's, it is a rite of passage. I just, um, I prefer to do things slower, like spend yeah. time working with a director, making a show that's like, yeah, the hour long show where I have enough or my space, my time. And like, I often start my shows on stage to like create this, the scene, like, or I find it really hard to enter onto stage. I love being there already. Oh, like as the audience comes in. Mm, that's oh, awesome. Like, so that's how yeah. I started my first show. And then the second show, I was like peering through curtains and stuff to try. Oh, right. Like, because I find that the pressure of like being backstage and like getting so stressed and then <laughs> having to jump out and be amazing, like straight up. Like, so yeah, I'd like to already be there. That's really cool. <laughs> and they're coming into my space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So was um, that something, did you first start making that choice due to sort of nerves before a show? Or was it like first like a stylistic thing that then you found also just helped with that side? That was it. Yeah. That was it? I found like, um, I definitely, I always get nervous before shows. I'm not, I've never been able to be one of those performers who's like cool as a cucumber. Yeah. <laughs> um, you definitely get more into it. Like you get sort of match fit because you do it if you're doing it a lot. But um, yeah, I've had to learn so many different techniques to like work with stage fright and nerves and things like that. And, um, yeah, so I initially, when I started doing it in my first show, Superwoman Money Program, um, I wanted to be on stage cause it was like a seminar and I actually couldn't be off stage because the, the venue I had was so tiny oh, right. <laughs> that I either <laughs> entered after everyone else or I was already there. Yeah. And, um, so it was actually that initially that choice was because I didn't have a choice, but I loved it. Yeah. It was really cool. Um, and I would always have something to do. Like I wouldn't just stand there and sit and look at people, although maybe that is what you do. Yeah. <laughs> but like if you have like a game or something that you're doing yourself as a performer, you get a chance to check in with every audience member as they come in. You get a mm. chance to be already in state, like ready to perform when they all get there. Yeah. Um, and there's no big reveal. So, I mean, you kind of can reveal from that, like 
um, you know, like my character shifted quite quickly in my first show um, from what I had been doing. But yeah, I just found it better like for my nervous system and also really fun. Yeah. So that's why I started doing it. No, I really like the sound yeah. of it um, because like you say, like connecting to the audience as they're coming in. And even I feel like they'd have the response of coming into the room and being like, well, hang on, hey, wait, has it started yet? What's Whoa. the... Yeah, well, what's... yeah, exactly. And even that little just tweak of excitement for them, I think is a really cool thing to experience. And it, it, I don't know, it seems like a really confident way to start something. Yeah, I guess it is. Like I would always have a ritual pre-show as well. So I warm up the space for myself, like... Um, and I get myself into that performance zone. Like I listen to specific music or I'll do dancing. Like my first show, I would dance like crazy to Kate Bush, Wuthering Heights. And that was my ritual. I had to do that every, (laughs) every show. And sometimes it would be like the show would start a few minutes late. So I'm like, no, no, I have to do this. Yeah. yeah. But, um, yeah. And then, yeah. So then you're ready to go. And then you have that chance to make eye contact or be a bit playful or like introduce yourself to people. There's so much you can do when you're already there. I really like um, that idea of the pre-show rituals because I also think that it's something that isn't spoken about too much. Mm. Or like you, you see like, oh, that's a really great performer. I love their work. But you never really hear anything of like the behind the scenes oh my God, aspect yeah. of it. Totally. And I also feel with when like students are learning to do something new, there's kind of that element too where you don't really teach them what to do pre-show. Oh my God. It's so important. Like I could yeah. do a whole workshop on it. Like, cause I, I've learned to learn so much as well for myself because I was like, well, this is such a big problem I have where like when I started, I would start in up and I was super wooden, like very disembodied. And like, it was all, I was all here and I was like the audience, I was trying not to look at them because they were so scary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like telling my jokes, like, uh, like this sort of ripped it. So like, that's how I started. And like, Luckily, I was able to write jokes, so I did get some laughs. But, like, once I started being able to be more present and relaxed, um, it was just so much better. And that's why I end up, like, loving clowns so much. But, um, yeah, having being able to work with those nerves and, like, it's huge because you get nerves everywhere as well. Like, mm. But, um, yeah, I think it's sometimes as performers we want to make out like oh no it's like yeah I'm just great at this all the time and it's like yeah. no if I have a break or a period of time when I don't perform I'm shitting myself when I yeah. go back to perform again so it's like a matter of like yeah um getting into that zone and that for me I found the best way for me is a physical zone that mm. my mind that my brain follows yeah so I get my body <clears throat> into like a performance space a performance zone with different like techniques or movement activities or vocal warm-ups and then my brain just comes along for the ride. So does that help your brain switch off initially and then just yeah. kind of, is it trying to get into that sort of blank state? Not so much blank, but like, um, I remember one of my friends said once, she's like, clown is a physical state, not a mental state. Yeah. Like right. you can't think your way into calmness. Yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't think like, um, you can definitely think calmer thoughts, but like to actually get your body to calm down and, or to be up because you're not actually trying to be super calm. You're trying to be like in like a, a mixture of calm and ready to go. Yeah. Like right, you just yeah. don't want to be like too scared, like fight, flight. Um, but you want to be alert. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> so trying to get into that zone is like a specific, uh, destination, I guess. Yeah. Um, so that, that zone, so you're not blank, but you're like not, um, you're kind of in the game. Yeah. 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 Sure. You're ready to play. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was thinking, is that about sort of, you know, having control of the situation? But I, I feel like that's probably not right because I feel like you wouldn't want full control of the situation because then you're not kind of presently in it. I think you have to be at ease with not knowing yeah. what's going to happen because I think as well, like with all kind of comedy, I think, but particularly with Clown, which is my area, I haven't even mentioned anything about that. I just realized <laughs> we're recording it. Like, but I'll go back. Um, but um you are working with the audience. Like the show is alive. It's a living thing. So you might have a script, but um, if that's just words on a page, like the show itself is something that there has to be an audience there for it yeah, to happen. Yeah. And so like you, they're part of it. So you're interacting with them and they will make it different every night. Like, so you can have the same things that you're doing every night. You'd have like, you know, your specific jokes or your act or your bits, but They'll react, they'll react totally differently. And sometimes if you're open to that as well, you can weave that in 
And like, I've had acts where like audience members, I've been interactive with them and they've done something I would never have imagined them doing. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> oh my God, this is so much better than anything I would have thought of you yeah. doing. Like, um, but you have to be open to that. So I can't remember how we got to that point. No, no, no. <laughs> no I really like that. Cause I feel like yeah. then if you're open to that, you're not panicking of like, oh no, this is going off the direction of where the show was going to go. Everything's a mess. Oh, what's going to happen? How do I bring it back? Rather than like, no, this is tonight's show and this is kind of exciting of yeah. where it's heading right now. And if it's heading in a really nice organic place, like why sort of put the brakes on that to, to just bring it back to, like you're saying, to what you had written my, down. My list, yeah, yeah, my things. And and I think as well, like um, you, sometimes things aren't going well, right? But you have to be present to figure out why. Yeah. Instead of being like, I'm just going to truck on forward with yeah. what I was going to do that they already <laughs> don't like. Don't worry. If I just keep going, yeah, they'll yeah. get it. They'll jump on yeah, board. Yeah. I just got to keep going. Exactly. Exactly. And like every so often that will work <laughs> because people will kind of get on board with someone who like just loves what they're doing even yeah. if they suck. But it's better if you're sensitive. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah. It, that reminds me of a few times I've seen some, maybe, I think it was, like, it was more stand up. But they were like, all right, here's an edgy thing I'm going to get into. And then the audience is like, oh. And not that awe of like, oh, interesting, edgy. It was like, oh, like, well, Please don't. don't. Please yeah. don't. And then they just kept going. They're like, well, I've got my five minutes. So I'm going down in a ball of flames. And it's it's this idea of like, I've got a bomb. Like there's honor in bombing and like, you know, doing that. But I feel like if it's content that the audience is visibly hating. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's, it's. <laughs> It's an angle, but like, I think <laughs> it depends what you're going for. I mean, it's like, I think maybe sometimes people think they're Bill Burr. I don't know if you've seen that bit where he just like wails on the audience for 10 minutes. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like that's, but like, I wouldn't ever try that myself. Yeah. <laughs> that's not my vibe. Um, I think, yeah, you can have something that you, you can win people over to something that they don't initially like. I'm um, not saying like necessarily edgy stuff, but like you yeah. could be doing something and people are like, what's this? And you can win them over, but you're not going to do that by like blasting it at them without listening. Yeah. Like, um, it's, it's this weird mix because you need to have a confidence and love for what you're doing because otherwise no one's going to care. Like if you seem yeah. too desperate, like please laugh. <laughs> Don't, you, no one wants to. They're Having like, a bit like what's the wrong applause with, sign. Yeah, going yeah. Yet. Or people like a bit, oh, it's a bit yuck. But if you're like, this is funny, they don't yeah. like that either. So you've got to have like... Yeah, there's a middle ground. Yeah. Um, but I had a one of my teachers described it really well. She was like, um, the audience is like, um, say it's like a baby and the baby's crying. Mm -hmm. You don't go, fuck you, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really funny. You don't get it. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You are like, don't worry, baby. I'll um, I'll get some keys. Like, do you like keys? And you you know you play other games to like win them over. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, and you're never angry at them because, I mean, someone who comes to watch you is someone who's given you their time. Yeah. Like, and that's a valuable thing. And it's such a nice thing. It's like they could be doing absolutely anything else, but if they've come to see the show and they've paid to see it and everything, like that's... They might not even have paid, but they've come, yeah. you know? And, like, when you think about all the different things they could be doing with their time, like, you know, there's all the things they could be doing in their house with their friends, their family, like how busy we all are, how much no one likes to go out anymore. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> it's a big deal. And <clears throat> there's something really amazing about live performance where it is kind of like almost spiritual. Like it's like there's this energy that you can't get elsewhere. And you know, if you've gone and seen a live show, how much everyone's laughing and how you'll laugh so much more. And if you watch a recording of that, you might be like, Hmm, <laughs> like I can watch like world-class comedians on a Netflix special and be like, hey, hey. and that's as much as it'll actually get out of me. But if yeah. I was in the room with everyone else, it would be insane. It'd be electric. Oh, massively. So there is something with comedy where that like, you know, particularly with something like stand up or clown or that's made for a live performance. Um, it's yeah, it's so incredible to have everyone there. And it's like, everyone's, sitting there and they're all facing the one direction they're all focused on one thing and they're there purely for enjoyment like yeah. that's amazing and i think especially in improv as well it's like so much like mm. that too that if you watch a recording like sometimes they can be they can be enjoyable mm. but other times you just lose all of that sort of magic that happens in that room and i find like if someone could maybe tells a stand-up like, or like says oh i went to sell this comedian 
they tell this joke about this and this and it was so funny. The other person's not going to probably get the same response because it's not being delivered actually by the mm. comedian. But they might go like, oh, yeah, cool. That's a funny idea. But with something like improv, whenever people talk about it outside of the show, it's it just is. always like, Dude, what about the, the guy with the tree? That was so good. And you just see people go like, oh, it's like there. telling I, you about I, I some of your dreams. Yeah. <laughs> like, telling something about your dreams. You're like, no one else was there. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, it was so funny. Yeah. But it's like, and I think that's what's really, really nice, I guess, you know, about live shows and, and what probably keeps people coming back a little bit, even if they are a bit more resistant now. Oh yeah. I think there's something about it that, I mean, we've been doing it for thousands of years. Like we've been making theater, theatrical and theater and performance for such a long time. And like, it's common across all cultures. Like it's something, and like laughter is something we all do. Like that's, it's the same in every language. So like, um, I think it is a really big human drive. That's something I, I guess I feel really passionate about with things like play and laughter. It's like, it's the first thing that we sort of are like, oh, I don't have time for that when we're busy. Yeah. But it's actually what gives us the energy to do all the other shit we're meant to be doing. <laughs> so yeah. like it's yeah, I'm I really care about it obviously. But Well, and I think it also relates to like throughout COVID and everything that, you know, suddenly everything else shut down. And it's like what do people do? They go back, they stay they're at home all the time. They like to be entertained with things and that, you know, it's consuming all that. So I think it you do maybe need moments like that to sometimes shine a light on how important it is. Oh, so and reflect much. on that. Yeah. And like what, you know, like no one gets to be in a Netflix special without having done all of those like little friend shows or open mics or all that kind of stuff. Like that's how you get there. So it's not like you don't get Beyonce. She doesn't just spring fully formed into existence, like, <laughs> you know. Um, so it's so important to have that time and that like those experiences live. And I think a lot of artists like to perform live. Like there is, it's, I mean, I've done things on zoom and video and I always find it harder because I'm like, you're pumping out all this energy, but it's not coming back. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. And there is definitely an energetic exchange when you're doing a show, like when it's live. Hmm. Do you find as well that, um, there sometimes can be this idea that, oh, it comes really easy to you. It can't, you, you know, it must just be simple. Like when people look really confident and or comfortable in, in sort of yeah. their space, um, but yeah, you don't see like all the work that went into someone oh God, getting yeah. to be able to get into that state to perform. Oh my God. Totally. I think it's like, and it's kind of unfair cause it's like this smoke and mirrors because it's like, well, look behind the curtain. Like I'm actually like just as sh like I'm shitting myself just <laughs> as much as anyone else would be beforehand, you know, or like, yeah, this is the one hour a day. And like when I'm touring a show, I'll end up like doing almost nothing because I'll just be like resting, stretching, preparing, like having like meditating, like um, because that's personally what I need. Like I know a lot of performers can be like way more like energetic. But for me, I'm like, if I'm going to be really good in that hour, I need to like put all my energy into it. So yeah. people don't see that. But again, it's so much learned skills. Like I when I first started Clown, it was like how many years ago? Like six seven and I it was awful <laughs> I was so terrible like I sucked so hard I did like a five-day workshop and I got like one thing I did was funny on the final day like so I just turned up every day being like why are you <laughs> and <laughs> um but I could feel when I did it I was like this is so important for me there's mm. something really brittle and tight about me that I can feel is being like stretched through this so it's like a crack you know in this armor and so um yeah I kept I just kept going with it was clown yeah. the first discipline that you got into or did that come after stand-up I started in stand-up okay. yeah so I did stand-up for a few years and um and because I'm already kind of wordy and heady like that was fine but I wasn't um I wasn't using my body much I wasn't tapping into like all this other like this other kind of resource and mm. like way of being funny. That's more, um, I don't know, I guess for me, it's more authentic because it's all of it. Like yeah. it's all of me. So, um, but yeah, I did. So I'd done stand up for a few years and then I, well, this is a kind of long story. Do you want me to tell it about how I got into clown? Of course. Yeah, yeah <laughs> okay. definitely. We got time. All right. Um, <laughs> so, so yeah, I'd done stand up for a couple of years. And I was very written, like I would always write my jokes out and I would learn them. And, and, um, and then I went traveling, actually this was before, so this was before I started stand up. I went traveling and, um, 
I So sorry, had, just to clarify, had you started writing anything at this stage? No. I was too scared okay. to tell anyone that I wanted to do stand up. Oh uh, right, yeah. So I think I was about twenty four and I didn't want to tell anyone that I wanted to stand up because it seemed so um self important. Like I thought I was funny. Yeah. And so much pressure. So I think I finally admitted to my friend that I wanted to. And she was like, Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Were you nervous anyway, when admitting that? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was yeah. like, ooh. Um, anyway, so then I went traveling for a couple of months and I met loads of performers while I was traveling just by chance. Like lots of people that I met and clicked with were all performers. And one particular time I was in Paris and I had been out all day like walking around and I was really tired and I was going to get a falafel from this famous falafel place. And um, I got there. I worked 20 minutes in the wrong direction. And so I was in a feral mood by the time I <laughs> finally got to the falafel place because I was starving already and I had like 40 minute walk. And um, this group of people swooped in just in front of me and I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Salt all, in the wounds at yeah, that Yeah, exactly, exactly. So they all got their falafels and then I went in and got mine. And um, we came outside because there was nowhere to sit and we were just standing around outside. And um, I was started eating and one of the people from the group came up to me and he was like, oh, are you with us? And I said, no, who are you? And he was like, oh, we're all at clown school. All right, cool. <laughs> and I was like, tell me more. So I Maybe out. I am with you. Yeah, though. yeah, yeah, exactly. I could be, yeah. could be persuaded. So I, um, I hung out there with them for the evening and chatted and found out all about Goliath, which is a school in France yep. uh, that they were all students at. And so then um, I stayed in touch with Michael, who was a guy I'd first met, and um, – and I kept on moving and left, but I was kind of, I made this sort of joke promise. I was like, when I have a midlife crisis, I'm going to go to clown school. Yeah, and yeah. I tell people that as a joke, like, and then I did. <laughs> <laughs> so I came back to Australia. I started doing stand up, and then I just was having a really rough time. Um, I was in a very bad relationship and I, I don't know, I was just really lost in my life. And, um, a friend who I'd met through improv, Shannon, um, through the improv conspiracy when I was studying there. He was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go to Goliath for the summer school. And I was like, oh, now's my time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to do it. Everything's so, opened up. Everything's yeah, lined. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I was like, it just felt like I get this prompting where I can't not do it. Yeah. Like, so it's not so much that I feel like I have to do it. It's that I can't not do it. No, I get that. I, get yeah. that just, I understand that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, so I had no money. I had to borrow money to go. I like went there for the one month summer school and it was like, yeah, I mean, Golia is not my favorite teacher. I think he's okay. I think some people really like him, and that's great. Is um, it as brutal as everyone yeah, sort of says Yeah, he's pretty it is? nasty, and I think, like, it doesn't need to be. I think that's the thing. But that's his style, and some people love it. Yeah. And, like, so if you do, like, more power to you. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I was already in such a low place when I got there that he did not break me down at all because there was nothing to do. I was already like, I already think I'm a piece of shit. <laughs> It's like, cool, okay, we can work with this. <laughs> um, and it's like, all right, Elizabeth is ahead of everyone else there. <laughs> yeah, 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 she's come. Here's one I prepared earlier. She's come prepared. <laughs> she's in, this is rubble, like, you know, so I don't need to do anything. Um, so I actually didn't have a bad time because I was already, like, I had no ego to lose yeah. in that one. So I was like, I don't even think I'm funny. I don't know why I'm here. <laughs> so, um, so I didn't find it as hard, I think. Um, but, uh, yeah, and the big thing that I loved about Golia was I was, I was there for a month and I was with other people who loved clown and I was doing that for a month. So mm. it was just like amazing to spend that much concentrated time doing something you really care about, um, with other people who also care about it. Yeah. I feel that like I, I went over to Chicago to IO to do their mm. summer intensive improv and it was a similar sort of vibe. Like you're there for four or five weeks and like everyone's into this thing. You're doing it every mm. day, seeing shows at nights and not like talking about it 24 seven, but like everyone's really, really into it and. I think that environment's it, it's it's a really really fun place to be in. Yeah, totally. It gives you just so much um, juice, I guess, and you get. I found I got looser, like because that's my thing. I get tight and clenched, <laughs> and so I was like, yeah, I was just having more fun. And so I found like tiny elements of what would eventually be my my clown um, while I was there, but there wasn't much. Like that is something I would say about the summer school at Golia. Like you you don't learn as much as you would with another teacher. I, I found okay. like yeah. my favorite teacher is Giovanni Fassetti. It's like chalk and cheese. He's incredible. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I, I did that and then, um, I came back and I wrote my show, uh, my first show, Superwoman Money Program. 
I had actually done a stand-up show before that, but I kind of don't count it because it was so small and like Superwoman was like my first proper show where I brought in like clown, sketch, improv, yeah, stand-up, okay. everything. And this was uh, Fringe or was this Comfest? I did it a few different places. So I did it at um, Fringe first, Melbourne yep. Fringe, and um, then I took it to Perth Fringe and um, it won an award. It won the best comedy. And then I took it to Adelaide and Melbourne Comedy Festival. I can't remember if it was in that order. But, yeah, so I, I toured that around a bit. Um, and that was about the gender super gap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, and um, I like a challenge. Um, and then, yeah, I kept going into clown more because I did a, a month-long intensive with Giovanni. Yeah. And I studied with another, like, as many teachers I could find. I worked with Diana Fleischer, who's incredible, um, and Pedro Fabiao. Uh, they're some of my favorites, but, um, yeah, so I did a month long workshop with Giovanni, which his process is to find the story your body wants to tell. So okay. you find yep. a clown that's based on your idiosyncrasies. It's yeah. like an, almost like an alter ego. Um, so the way you move and the way you speak and, um, all these things, the way you hold yourself, like all of that is, um, amplified yeah. to find the clown. And and just to sort of clarify here as well for people, especially mm. very new to, cl yeah, new to yeah. clown, it's not like you're going in and every single day, every single exercise, you're coming up with a new character. Like I'm assuming there's some of that, but it's really mm. about finding one that you're sort of taking through over time and developing. Is that right? Yeah, it can depend. So I guess like clown is such a, oh, it's such a big topic and everyone has like um, different ideas about how it is exactly. But I guess like the kind I'm talking about or the kind I've studied is that theatrical clowning and it's from the school of Jacques Lecoq. So he um, worked a lot with the body. So he wrote a book called The Poetic Body, which is really amazing. Um, and he started a school in Paris, which is where Golia studied and also where Giovanni studied and a lot oh, of right. okay. yeah, clown yeah, teacher yeah. studies. So that's a sort of common ancestor. Yeah, yeah. Um, are, are they considered like kind of the... I was going to say the Godfather, that makes it seem like sort of grim, kind but like of, yeah, kind I guess. of that sort of role in the clown world. Yeah, I guess so, because it was something where he kind of brought it, really brought it into theatre again, like in the, this was the 60s. So it had been something that was more like um, in circuses or um, different places. It had been in the theatre, I think, but um, he really brought it into the theatre and was bringing it in and using the body to find it. And so clown, I guess, is... Um, how would I describe it if I'm trying to make an elevator pitch? <laughs> it's like finding what makes you authentically funny. And mm. it's, it's a part of you that's pretty stupid. Yeah. <laughs> so it's that, it taps into that, um, humanity, that shared humanity and stupidity. Like, a, it's, what is it? Giovanni says, um, uh, wisdom is infinite. It, wisdom is finite. Stupidity is infinite. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Nice so way. like, um, yeah. So it's your unique, stupid self and it's a lot like I find for me anyway it's a lot like my inner child like you get a lot of those elements um often things you repress are in the clown because they're the things that sort of you push down and that gives them a lot of energy um and it's yeah it's a weird kind of chemical process watching clowns being born because it's you kind of know when they're there and you know when they're not yeah yeah right. and so it's about trying to um get you into a state where you can let it out yeah. Like, and you can drop into that state and be that character. So you can sort of build a clown character, like in a more Giovanni's like sort of somatic kind of way that he works, um, where you find the form, which is the body shape of the clown and the voice and the costume and all those things. But you can also like just find the clowniness in yourself. Like I teach workshops like with you, mm -hmm. um, where you're more just tapping into that energy and yeah. starting to get to know it or find it, which doesn't take anywhere near as much work. Like it can just be like in group ex group exercises or games and things and you'll start to see it come out. Yeah. yeah. I imagine that'd be very um, satisfying when you're working with people and seeing them really sort of get lost in that process and mm. see that gradually starting to come out more and more. Like it sounds to me like an art form that I'm sure there's technical aspects like with anything. But I always like things when it is kind of pushing the person's like individuality to, to be part of creating whatever it is you're, you're sort of working towards rather than like, here's how it's done. Follow these dot points and you, mm. here are your three options. Mm. <laughs> Do you this clown, this clown, or this clown? <laughs> yeah, 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 totally. Yeah. A hundred percent. It's like finding that authentic, 
what's authentically funny about that person? And it's going to be so different for everyone. And it's different. Like you can have different clown characters at different times. Like you might have a different one that comes out. If I did another workshop, I'd find another one, you know, but um, they're all different aspects. But fundamentally, the part of me that is clowny is the part that's um, like stupid, impulsive, authentic, um, fearless, excited, connected, like that's the that's the kind of state it is it's like yeah quite childlike um in its sort of essence I guess but totally free like I've never felt it's the most incredible feeling when you get fully lost in it it's like um yeah you feel bulletproof yeah yeah is it something that you started with stand-up and then did clown as like I guess some sort of compliment to that but then really sort of fell down the rabbit hole there and then like would it just the way you're talking, would I be right in guessing that you maybe like prefer cl- clown? Not, to, not oh, to like choose one or the other, but that's really yeah. like where you feel at home the most. I think so. I think they actually they complement each other really well. Um, mm. So it's not like one doesn't do the other. But I've definitely fallen down the rabbit hole. Like it was like oh, <laughs> like, and kept going. Like it got to the point where I did a full red nose clown show for an hour. Like, um, like with the nose. Like yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so definitely I fell down the rabbit hole. But I think you can bring so much kind of clowny elements to stand up and it just makes you so much freer and yeah. gives you like this whole remit of things you could do that you might not have thought of if you were being more like, I tell jokes, like, you know, and obviously comedians do physical parts and they do act outs and stuff, but you can just, oh my God, you can put so much into that through clown and it can just give you that sense of touching into that authenticity. Um uh, in stand-up but I think on the reverse like my clown like I use my stand-up in my clowning because my clown's quite chatty like for she speaks way less than me but talks a lot more than other clowns mm-hmm. yep. <laughs> um and um I did elements of that through the show I did like I had her um doing stand-up so her version yeah, which right. was yeah, very yeah, yeah. bad, which was the funny, like, it was funny because it was so bad, but yeah, she was like, oh yeah, I can do this easy. Yeah. <laughs> can you stand up? <laughs> so yeah. And I think that writerliness that you can get in stand up can really help when you're shaping a show or you're shaping a clown bit. Cause you can sort of start to see the, um, the beats or the crescendos that need to happen and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I really like that. And I think it's a common element that from any instructors we're talking with or any, mm. any performers or anything that they're always talking about not just doing one thing and something else, you know, really, it's like a weird thing. It's like not doing something else just to, just to improve your sort of core area, but just doing something else to just try and expand things a little bit and then see what you can create later. Like when you're talking about like, you know, it's not, if you're doing clown or if you're doing stand up, there's elements of both that are sort of coming into what you're doing. Oh, totally. And I think it's kind of like with diet. Like if you want a healthy body, you eat a healthy, like a varied diet. Yeah. You don't just eat like bread or meat or yeah. like <laughs> just one thing. You wouldn't really be healthy if you only ate carrots. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so you kind of need that, I think, for your health, but mind, creativity, like you need to be feeding in other things. And I think it's so important to be able to find stuff where you don't have an agenda. Like it's, it's hard because like in the world you need to have an, like you go to work so you can earn money. Like you don't go to work for fun a lot of the time. Mm. Um, <clears throat> and you might be putting on a show cause you're like, I hope people come. But ultimately I think it's the thing that is so important or like that purity of like, um, creativity or the art is when you're making it because it's just, you just really love it and you want to. Yeah. And like, yeah, that, that is probably the core of it. And I think those kind of things end up being more watchable <laughs> yeah. and people want to come because they're like, you could be doing something very badly, like where you're not very good. Like maybe you're a really bad singer and you could be singing really badly, but if you do it with enough joy, like people will watch you. Yeah, totally. And it's, it's really like, it's contagious. That enthusiasm is, is contagious. So I think being able to access that without it needing to be like, and this is for this and this is for, th- you know what I mean? And they're like, you're sort of accounting <laughs> yeah. process of why you're doing it. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if there's elements of that that come across from like, I guess when we're, when we're young, we go to school and it's like, there's the next step, next step. You're doing this to get to this, this to this, you get to high school and it's like, what do you want to do at uni? What do you want to go do there? And you're always thinking of like, when I complete this, this is what I'm going to do with it. Mm-hmm. When I complete, this is what I'm going to do with it. And then 
you sort of get out of that world in a sense. Um, and you're doing like classes or workshops in something. I just wonder if there's like residual things in everyone's heads of like, I'm doing this to like mark an achievement and then what am I going to get out of it? But then really pushing back against that and sort of like, I don't know why I'm doing this. Uh, yeah. and leaping into that side, I think is a, just a really fruitful way to take these things. And it's like freedom. Like you'd hope that you would feel like that where you would just do something for the joy of it. Like I think that's one of the things, that's why we have art. Yeah. You know, like if you had just a specific agenda, um, you would be making a decoration. Like yeah. you wouldn't be making a painting, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, so, um, yeah, I think having things just for the pure joy of them or the love of it, or because you really feel like you want to, or you need to, like, that's a part of what it is to be human. And I completely agree in terms of schooling. I think we're very programmed, like, yeah. and there's very much a mindset of like, um, input, output, input, output, like, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and it being like accounted for and like, and that thing of achievements of it being like, like some of my favorite shows that I've ever done have been like to like four people, yeah. like, which sounds like a failure, but I was, when I won the award, I was nominated on the back of one of those shows to four people. Yeah, like one right. of the people was a judge, you know, <laughs> um, and I had the most incredible time. And I remember thinking at the time, I was like, there is nowhere I would rather be. I'm fucking loving doing this show. I'm here in Perth. No one who knows who I am. Like it's basically a holiday where I get to do my show. Like it's so much fun. Um, and yeah, that is the time when I think you're most, yeah, it is sort of authentic and it's hard when you feel, because there's so much conditioning and pressure from the world to like, yeah, behave in that way of yeah. like, and then I do this and then I get that and then I do this and then I get that. Yeah. And um, yeah, I find it, it's hard to push against that too. So yeah, I think totally. it is important to have that thing of like, you know, connections or community or other people who do that or like to have enough resolve to feel that you can keep pushing Against just yeah. doing the like things, the box ticking that you're meant to be doing. Like I think about it in the sense that like, if you're a kid, you're running around playing, you do not give a crap about anything else. No. You're just like, sweet playtime. You don't even yeah. think when's playtime going to end? What do I uh, maximize my playtime now? Like you just, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're yeah. all into it. You know, and like, then I got I'm going to eat these marshmallows. I'm yeah, not I'm saving gonna, them. <laughs> yeah. Who cares? This is, yeah, it, yeah. It, we're doing it. Yeah. Um, but then when you become an adult and there's all these pressures of the world in every single facet of your life coming through, then sometimes these things can feel like guilty pleasures or it's like, I'm being a bit selfish by doing this. So I need to attribute a reason as to why mm. I'm doing it. And therefore I'm justifying it to myself. And I will kill the thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I will slowly drain the joy out of the thing Yeah, by making it a chore. Yeah. Yeah. yeah totally. And like, I think like I have that with things like clown, I was like, I can't describe, I can't explain exactly why I need to do this. I need to go and spend like how many thousand dollars going to be yelled at by a man in France. Yeah. <laughs> I could do that for free. <laughs> like I could go and hang out in front of Flinders Street Station, and, like, <laughs> you know, but um, no, I'm going to go there. And I recently in the last year, I've been studying shiatsu, which is like a form of Japanese bodywork. Oh, cool. And I yeah. started on a whim. I was like, I need to do that. <laughs> and I saw an ad for an open day and went to the college and it's incredible. And I'm actually finding all these parallels with like clown and with using the body and like, um, but yeah, I can't just, I can't explain exactly why I'm doing it, but I know I have to. Yeah, totally. So again, it's one of those things, but again, it on paper, it doesn't look like it's useful. For Space and Earth, we have a Discord server, which is completely free to join. If you're not familiar with Discord, uh, basically it's a place where you can have an online community and you can chat about things in various channels. So if you want to jump on there and talk about improv, talk about sketch, talk about stand-up comedy, talk about acting, talk about the latest TV show you've seen, uh, you can do that in different channels. So uh, we'd love to have you join that. The links are available at spaceandearth.co. And like I said, completely free to join. Uh, we'd love to see you there. And like, I'm by far, like, I'm the opposite of a financial advisor in any stretch. <laughs> but I feel like the more we're sort of talking about this, the more it seems to me of like, if you're putting whatever, you know, income you have, if you're putting a portion of that aside to be like, I'm, I, this can go to like a class like this where I don't need it to actually pay off in any specific way. I don't need to like, whatever you can do. Um, I'm like, I want to start doing this now where it's like you, you sort of more actively going that's fine to like spend this money to do this thing to just like, you know, 
be free and experience something oh new. Oh my God, totally. It's better than health. Well, it's another form of health insurance Yeah, because <laughs> you know, it will keep you healthier, like to be in that state. Um, but I think, yeah, I mean, we spend so much money on so many different things, like, and it's really just like what, what matters to you. I love courses and I love learning and workshops and stuff all. Um, so that's probably what I'm going to spend my money on and I'll buy all my clothes from an op shop for $2. Like, yeah, yeah, definitely. That's like, so it, it really depends on your values, I guess. But like... Um, I do think that it's with, there's so much conditioning and so much programming, but it's not just like through school where it's like, oh, we were conditioned this way through school. Cause maybe you could then be like, oh, I'm going to like unpick that. I'm going to decondition myself from that. I'm going to yeah. see the world differently, but everything coming at you <laughs> is the same. Like, like being at a job, being at like all the things you see in the news or in the read in the media, like everything is re like reconditioning you. So that's a constant effort to hold a different viewpoint or something yeah. that's outside of that. So then I think that's why um, I find that community aspect or like doing those things so helpful, having those goals, having shows or workshops I'm doing or like I've started doing recently like um, a session called Play in the Park where we meet up, we play clown kids games for an hour and then we go home. Great. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and like once a week that like is like a tune up. It's like for that free impulse i guess it's just play like it yeah what all this seems to be coming back to and like drawing back to the kids thing it's just play it's like kids get so much out of playing adults also get so much out of playing you don't just yeah. lose that benefit because totally. you get older yeah um and then it's like oh, i don't have time for that it's like well if you do if you can't make some time for it you will get so many so many benefits from that it's nuts because like it's like i'm pretty sure it's enshrined in the un like children's convention that children have a right to play yeah which is yeah as they should because it's so important and it's like important for development and language and social skills and everything um but yeah like you say we don't lose that need yeah. <laughs> like maybe we don't need it as much but we still need it yeah. and like yeah it just sort of kills your spirit if you're not connecting in some way like it doesn't have to be with specifically with play or clown or something but like connecting with something that's purely for joy or for like your personal fulfillment, something that you love. Yeah. Like, yeah. Why else are we here? <laughs> <laughs> and like, yeah. I started feeling that with when I started doing improv, um, because before then it was sort of working in design, running a small agency with some friends and we were like always sort of doing more work than what we were capable of. And I don't necessarily mean that in a, a, a praiseful manner. <laughs> yeah. As in like, it was, it was a, a dangerous. Yeah. It was like always <laughs> like overstretching or yeah. like, lot you know late hours you know all night is to get things finished all that sort of stuff mm. um and then doing improv just felt like this thing where suddenly it's like am, am i allowed to do this am, am i allowed to just come here for a few hours a week and just completely let go of everything and just play and have fun mm. um and then you do that for a little bit and you're like oh this is now a key part of my life and i am going to continue to do this <laughs> yeah 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 you recognize yeah. the benefits <laughs> yeah yeah. Oh, totally. I completely agree. I think like it's so freeing and it's, um, I just know from my own perspective, like my own journey with it, I was, yeah, so stretched, stressed and like, yeah, clenched. There's, there's a thing in, um, Chinese medicine. So I'm studying through the shiatsu of like the wood element in, mm. um, in your body or the wood that we embody all the elements and like the wood element is very like flourishing and like stretching and growing and stuff. But when it's, not working to type or when it's not healthy it's like eh. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's I can feel that in myself like if I have a long time without play or without like that sort of free movement as well like the the movement the um like joy the like no specific agenda just playing doing something that's purely fun um yeah I get all like tense and stressed and uh, like my brain doesn't work very well <laughs> yeah 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 everything I feel like there's just so many fascinating like disciplines art forms and stuff which you can learn so much from and like i feel initially especially at school like it was a lot of peer pressure to like you know not do drama not do that like be cool mm. play sport like all that sort of stuff and or i do feel, maths methods so you get a job yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> and i feel like when i when i started getting into improv in a sense like some friends that i had at school they would have been like why the hell would you do that that's so stupid this that everything else that's so weird oh whatever and i think then you then end up can unintentionally holding some of those views towards these other things. But then I think the first thing that I tried in this sort of realm, which is improv that then opened up my mind to sort of everything else. 
So now it's like when you're talking about these, um, what was it called? Shiatsu? Yeah, yeah. Shiatsu, yeah. Um, I'm like, wow, that's so fascinating. Whereas I think, you know, 10 years ago, I would have been like, no, oh, that's a bit weird. I don't know. That's, yeah. that's whatever. But it, I think it's so nice to just be in that space where you can just, you hear something new and you're like, oh, what can we learn from that? What can I take from that? That's like, rather than just instantly dismissing it as like, oh, it's some kooky thing that, you know, yeah. it's for weirdos. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which I think like with clown, like I've been, you know, jumping around on stage wearing a red nose. Like <laughs> it's like I'm deaf. I'm sure there are people that I went to high school with who were like. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, you get to a point where I guess you just don't, you care more about doing the thing than you care about what people think. Totally. You know, and I think that's been a really good process for me to go through because like. I would definitely have classified myself as someone who was more of a people pleaser, like not wanting to like rock the boat or not wanting to like be disliked. I think more just not wanting to be disliked yeah, totally. or misunderstood. And, um, the last show I did, which was called Apex Predator, it was like really polarizing. People either loved it or they really, really hated it. Yeah. <laughs> and it was actually good for me to be in that situation and have people who like didn't like it and be like well I guess I'm doing it anyway like (laughs) I'm sorry you don't like it that's a shame like and have to own it um that was very good for me as a person I think yeah mm. I I just like it in the sense of it's it's like finding your finding your weirdos in that sense that like if you're on the outside it's easy to look and judge but as soon as you see like people having fun with that that's interesting and then you get into it like no these are my people now and yeah. likewise, if you're doing a show that is possibly a little bit more polarizing, it's like, who cares if some people don't like it? Yeah. I really want to connect with the people who I know, are, like, who will love this on yeah. the other side of that spectrum. And like, and I mean, there's the things where like, it's that fear again, that we have of authenticity of like, oh, but I, I don't want to be myself because nobody likes me. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, there's always going to be someone who doesn't like you. Yeah. <laughs> like I can guarantee it. There's someone in the world who like, won't like you. So, um, it is just that process, I guess. And for me, again, it's a process. Like, it's not something where I'm like, yeah, I just don't care if people don't like me anymore. Like, I still care. Like, I still give a fuck. But I am working to not find it such a thing. Like, you know, and I find the process of, um, you know, making a show like that, doing a show like that, um, continuing with Clown. I go to the park with my friends when we do those, like, you know, play in the park sessions. And I am, like, rolling around the ground, yelling. Like, I can imagine people watching me like, who is that? crazy like who is that loser like yeah yeah and I genuinely don't care at that point and I'm like I think that's really it's such a free nice place to be and spend some time being like I don't care yeah yeah definitely yeah and you wish you were having as much fun as me yeah 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 (laughs) Yeah. it reminds me of uh an improv exercise alien soulmate oh yeah I know that one and I remember the first time I did improv I was like why are you making me do this and now I'm like I love it (laughs) (laughs) and I find it so fun like either running it with you know introductory classes for people who are like single students signing up or even at corporate sessions and especially at corporate sessions people when they first see it they're just like absolutely no no way I'm doing this you can see on their face just like no I'm not stepping in there but then I think that's such a great exercise to get that kind of point across that it takes a lot of courage to step out and do this thing that other people might judge and go that's weird but then as soon as you join um, and you're just locked in with that person it's like everything else just fades away and it's such a nice feeling and I feel like that's one of the sort of key exercises that people get that first little taste of okay, I'm doing something that I might've judged previously, but now I'm doing it and I'm connecting with this person and this feels incredible. Um, all right, maybe I can get on board this thinking and start sort of looking at things in that perspective. So you start looking at things that people are doing and going like, oh, that looks like fun. And I think it's, everyone has like that, that filter where it's like, I don't want people to know that I think that's fun because they might ridicule me, but that genuinely looks really, really fun. Which might have been as well when you were talking about um, talking to your friend about stand up, and you're like, "Oh, I want to talk to them and say I want to do stand up, but I don't want them to ridicule me." So well, I don't know. I'll go for it. Yeah. Well, it's. I think that's that's that thing like that feeling that you're talking about that you get when you're just like, "Oh my god!" I. It's that that same thing where you're like, "I'm bulletproof. Like nothing can hurt me." Like you realize that nothing can actually. Other people's opinions can't hurt you. Like yeah. In that sense, um, and that. Yeah, there's that sense, I guess that impulsive authenticity, like I think that's been a big process for me, like learning to be less heady and less in my head, less worried and like just let the impulse come up and see what, see what happens. Um, 
Like even coming here, I was like, oh, what should I talk about? <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm just going to see what happens. Like, um, but yeah, because you can get so controlled. And like, there's this great meme I was looking at today of like, this is what you look like when you try and control everything. And it's a guy who's trying to mop up the ocean. All right. He's <laughs> <It's> like <laughs> dipping them up in the ocean and then in the bucket. And then do like, yeah, there is a level, like trying to let go of that control. And we're, again, conditioned to be like white knuckling it, like yeah. trying to like um, not, do anything that would make us look stupid and not make mistakes like mistakes are terrifying yeah. in our culture like oh god so awful no one wants to admit to them like like um and they just it i know as well i would have big anxiety about like making the wrong decision like what if i made a mistake <laughs> and it's like i guess that's the thing in clown particularly mistakes are often the thing where it's like whoa that really worked yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. and there's a lot of the games that um as part of the clown training is like you're forced to make mistakes because the game is impossible. Yeah. And so, because you can never be good at it. Like the point is to make mistakes and yeah. to be, look stupid. Like, and that, when you see people kind of getting that, they're like, what? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because again, it's just, it's like topsy turvy, like completely different to how we're, um, we normally live. And like other stuff we're doing clown training where it's like you, um, we'll do an exercise called the seven levels, which is like doing, I guess like musical scales, but for your body, like for your levels of energy. So you go from like lying on the ground to like the most energy you could ever expend. Yeah. 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 And so you sort of work through those levels and, um, it's so much fun to teach that because you get to see people you like in this space, you can make as much noise as you want. You can go as crazy as you want. Like normally you're not allowed to do that. So use that time, like use this time, like go crazy. And yeah. people are like, Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> And it's really fun watching people like that. They'll start with being like kind of shy or not really sure. And then they're like screaming and rolling around the room. Like, yeah. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, that's in there. Think yeah. about the energy we expend containing that. Yeah, totally. All the time. And to how like good it feels letting it come out. Yeah. Um, there's another um, exercise, which is, I don't know the name of it, but it's like, I call it wizards. Okay. But you've got like two mountains, basically. And so everyone's sort of paired up. And it, you've got like two mountains, maybe. I don't know, four or five meters away from each other. Mm -hmm. The idea is that you're a wizard on a mountain and you're dueling with each other. Okay. And how you sort of duel is you take it in turns and you'll kind of gather up the energy around you. And then once you feel it's a breaking point, you'll unleash that to the yeah, other okay. person. The other person then has to be affected by it, which, you know, it might start with just like a small thing, but by the fourth, fifth round, they're like knocked over, rolling around on the ground. Then they're getting up like, oh, and like really losing themselves into this kind mm. of very like primal sort of state. And I feel like it's a similar thing to what you're talking about there, mm. where it's just like actually just completely letting all this energy out and not being afraid to build it up and keep building and go, you know what, my, my, my limit's not here. I'm going to keep pushing. Yeah. I can do more. I can go more. I can go more. Oh, shit. I didn't know I could go this far, but I could go yeah, further. Yeah. And then constantly just sort of pushing that. And it's just such a, like, I love exercise like that, which is sort of so simple in how the exercise is actually played out but just so sort of, I think, powerful and rewarding once you go through them and you feel amazing afterwards. Yeah. It's the, it's a crazy feeling. You're just like, whoa, <laughs> <laughs> well, because you've unleashed that, like, which is pent up and not expressed. Like, um, I found that as well. Like I've been in a really bad mood at times, like, or I've been, it'll be before a show and something will have happened that's really stressful or I won't be feeling well, like I've got my period. I don't know. It'll be something where I'm like, oh, I'm not feeling great. Mm -hmm. Or like, I don't feel like I can do this. And, but if you go through that, like warm up, that exercise, you get to a point where like, oh, I totally can. Yeah. Like you actually do. We often have a lot more energy than we think we do. Yeah. Um, and, and I've noticed that like when I'm in my clown character, I can do like push-ups, more push-ups than I can as myself. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, that's crazy. That's yeah. like a different person has the reins of the body yeah. and it can do more. Like, <laughs> That's a good way to trick people into like yeah. working out more. Like, <laughs> Well, you're just like, that's crazy. Like, yeah, there's that's like, right. But you've just unlocked something. There's these limitations that I have as myself that my clan doesn't have. Yeah. Is that that adrenaline, I guess, a, a little bit maybe sort of pushing yeah, through? I think so. But I also think we just limit ourselves like a lot because we're like, oh, that's not something I do or that's not something I would normally, I'm not able to do that. Yeah. And like. That's a bit much. Yeah. No, that's a bit well, too much. Yeah. I don't know. I think we don't really know our limits until we push them. Yeah. And they're finding a safe and fun way to do that. Yeah. You know, because I think people look for all different ways. Like maybe they do extreme sports or whatever. I can just see, you know. Yeah. 
like feel alive. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I prefer feeling alive in a performing stage context. Yeah. I, I don't know. Do you, do, have you ever like gone skydiving or any? Not personally. Yeah. I'm like, nah, I'll just like uh, roll the dice and step out here in my red nose. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's the thrill that I get. So yeah, that's yeah, yeah. <laughs> I go, I'm covered. But, you know, I mean, we are looking for that. I think, yeah. So yeah. That, I assume that's why people jump out of planes. Yeah. I, I think so. Yeah. I've never felt compelled to do it. Um, but my wife has, and she took her dad to do it for, I think his 60th or something like that. But to me, it's it like, it would probably feel amazing because that's yeah. why, like, otherwise, why do people do it? Yeah. Um, but I'm too scared Yeah. <laughs> right now, or I just feel like I don't feel like I need to do that. Whereas I feel like I need to go and perform or I need to, you know, in that sort of sense. Mm. So yeah, everyone's got a different itch to scratch, like, you know, or a different way of reaching it. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Um, I was curious, um, when you were sort of like growing up, like, you know, high school, middle school, mm -hmm. all around that age, were you, did you have interest in performing in, in, in any way then? Like, did, was that where there was some little seed planted at some stage? Um, sort of not like, yes, but no. Cause like I was too scared. Yeah. So I was like, I really wanted to be funny and I really wanted to be the center of attention but I was too self-conscious and mm. so I would avoid it. Um, like I remember once they were casting the school play and the teacher was like, do you want to audition for this part? And I was like, oh, yeah, I did. And I was, <laughs> just sat there for a while. Like, so and totally, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Elizabeth, you're not saying anything. You're yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so like, yeah, I didn't end up doing it, but like I did want to. So that was there. Um, and I ended up, I actually went, like my first degree was in visual arts. So I, was a visual artist. Um, and I did that and, um, yeah, I haven't really done it since. And I'm kind of glad I didn't go straight to performing arts college in case it would have like, um, killed that off. Cause I think sometimes university for something, a creative discipline like that can be a bad thing. Cause it is again, like it's forcing that thing into that box ticking kind of yeah, world. Yeah. Like with assessments, due dates, all yeah, this sort of stuff. And like, and, and things like that. So it kind of stops you being free with what you were doing. I found anyway, like I know some people cruise through and don't let it bother them. But, um, yeah. So then I didn't really do anything for a year or two, like nothing really creative. And then I, yeah, got this thing that oh, I really want to perform. Like I need to do it. So yeah. 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 But there's things like when I was little, I was told that I couldn't sing. Like I was told my singing voice was really bad. And so I was always really self-conscious about it. Um, it's lo lovely feedback to receive as a child. Oh my God. Right. <laughs> yeah. It was like, <laughs> um, and then I, um, but I actually use it in my shows now because it's bad. Like it's still, it's still, yeah. it's funny. I've done singing lessons. Um, and it's like very off key, like, but I, I sing close to the note, but not quite. Like I can't seem to get it right unless I'm singing in a funny voice and then I can hit the notes. Okay. So yeah, if I'm yeah. kind of doing it in a stupid voice, I can, I can sing. Okay. But as myself, no. And <laughs> so it's kind of like the push up thing you were talking about before. Yeah. 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 There's some weird, like, you know, I have to give my brain a fidget cube. And it's yeah. like, oh, a funny voice. Like, and then I can sing. Um, and so, but yeah, I ended up using it in my shows and it's been like really, really fun to just be like, yeah, I'm fucking bad at this, but it's really funny. Like, yeah. And it's been pretty free to use it that way. So. Now that's so nice being like, yeah, I'm, I'm bad at this, but I don't, I'm, I don't care. Like, yeah. or, and you in might fact, still care a, a little bit, but you're like, yeah, it's <laughs> like, nice. I'm going to use it. I'm going to lean into it yeah, yeah. and I'm going to have fun with it. Even yeah. if I'm not what you would call you know, skilled at this thing. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't do like an hour long cabaret where I was only singing. Like I, yeah. I think that would be stretching people's. Well, now that I funny say voice. It. But, um, <laughs> yeah. So I think like, but yeah, it's been so much fun to use it. And I once, I remember once after my show, some music students came up to me and they were like, yeah, it's really hard to sing as badly as you did. Like we were talking about, you must've had training and stuff. Cause it's like hard. And I was like, oh no, it's not. <laughs> it's really easy. Like, where was this? <laughs> Uh, this was, uh, I think, in Perth. I, oh, so, so this is this wasn't when you were a kid. This was recently. No, this was, yeah, after one of my shows. Yeah. Okay, Some gotcha. students came up to me afterwards and they were like, yeah, it's really hard to sing that bad. Yeah. You're like, great. Any other thoughts on the I'm, show? I'm like... natural. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Are there any things that you haven't tried yet which uh, have kind of piqued your interest a little bit? Ooh. You mean in performance or? Yeah, performance. Or it could be, could be beyond performance. Yeah. Well, that's um, a pretty wide ranging question, but. Yeah, that's big. Um, I, I think I really love, um, 
like mask work and that kind of performance, like going more into that physical theatre kind of um, disciplines and learning more about that. That's something I would love to do if I had more time. Like, because um, I think, yeah, mask is incredible. Like it's, again, really freeing because you're, there's no face. Yeah. So you're just working with the body and um, and kind of building stuff off that. Um, is, is that sort of a form of clown in a sense or would you say that they're so distinct that it's sort of is, I guess like I mean they talk about a clown nose being the smallest mask yeah so it is a level of mask like a clown is a mask like yeah. that um but this is more like it can be they can be different like some of them are like um have an expression and some of them really don't have much of an expression they're kind of just a very provisional kind of gesture of a face yeah um and that can be really it's usually more um they can be really really funny but they're often more like really it can be really poignant and a lot of pathos and really beautiful, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. um, kind of, I guess more theatrical, like, um, mask shows or actually I would like to do more singing. Like I was like, I would like to try and sing seriously one day. Yeah. yeah. Like I need to work on that with my friend who's my singing teacher, like actually put in some time and like sing properly. Yeah. Properly. But you know, sing seriously. Yeah. Well, there you go. You said you, you would never do the 60 minute cabaret show, but. Well, maybe now I have to. Maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe it's on <laughs> yeah, the horizon. I'll start with five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> I know I well myself. Yeah. A type five singing wise. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and... exactly. Yeah. I'll learn one song. Yeah. <laughs> and then we'll see how we go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think it's, I always love hearing the backstory of like how people got to where they are or like. Yeah. Yeah. And I wanted to say that as well. Like, like I love hearing when people are like, oh yeah, I still get nervous. So I still get this. Like, it's like, it's really nice to hear that and be like, yeah. Oh, it's so reassuring, especially from. for a student um, or anyone, because like I could, I could see you perform. I, I see you do a clown show and I'm like, oh, Elizabeth's so great. As if she'd ever get nervous. Like, so, and then just to hear like, no, I still get nervous about this. I have this here in my. Oh yeah. Here's how bad I was when I started. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Check it out. Like, yeah, and it's yeah. like, it's just so nice hearing that aspect about performers. Um, mm. Like I, in some ways it's like, am I making the podcast here that I just want to listen to? <laughs> well, I in guess a sense, that's what you can really do, right? Yeah. I think that's like, if you aim for that, then it's, there's going to be some authenticity to it. I just did a Shiatsu intensive, like a workshop with a teacher from the UK and he worked a lot with Keith Johnson in the, I think, 70s or 80s. Like, yeah. he knew all about improv. And he's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> and, like, had worked elements of that into his practice. Like, so there's just, like, I don't know, there's just so many connections. And, uh, yeah, like, looking at in clown, like, the things of, like, the way you move or the way – because, like, doing my show changed my posture. Like, mm. I stood differently after. Like, I see photos of myself. And I'm like, that was before and that was after. Yeah. Like I can actually see the difference. Um, Your physio is like, wow, what have you been doing? Yeah, <laughs> literally, literally. Like my psychologist was like, whatever, keep doing it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's like, it can be so therapeutic working through that kind of stuff. Cause like um, the thing that, that can come up in your clown is like things that you want to work on, like your subconscious, like the shadow aspects, things that you don't um, own, things you're scared to own. Like my clown's really high status doesn't, isn't worried about anything. Yeah. This is totally not what I feel like most of the time. Like, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. she's just like, really does not give a fuck. Yeah. And he's having the time of her life. And like, um, but yeah, being high status and kind of aggressive, like yeah, is yeah, that, yeah. that's her vibe. And, um, so that, that, uh, like coming through was like healing for me to play. Yeah. And there's this thing like that if you don't play your shit, it plays you. So if you can put those kind of feelings or that kind of stresses or those like elements of yourself. Like if you can put that into play, it's a way of owning them and integrating them. Yeah. That's been my experience of it. So yeah, it's been, it's really, really cool when you, and just all the different ways there are to do that and the ways that people get to where they are. And I don't know. It reminds me a bit when you're talking about that of, um, like when people cosplay, for example, mm. they're like, why, why are you dressed up as this character? And you're like, oh, because she's this, she, she represents this, 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 this. And I feel like it's a similar sort of thing where it's like it's maybe attributes that you secretly on some level wish you were more of and then being able to like bring that out through a character feels easier than yeah. than actually being like you know what I'm just going to be high status now um, yeah I guess so and it's like but it's kind of like your own cosplay <laughs> like you're cosplaying your shadow self yeah, <laughs> like yeah, yeah. the things that you're afraid of <laughs> like um but yeah, and like, and they, that, well, that's the thing as well. They say about things like puppets, like puppets can say stuff that you can't. Yeah. So characters can say things that you can't. Like I have a character in my other show, Superwoman, where it's like, oh, the stuff she says, like, 
it's like so outrageous. Um, the concept of that show was that I was sent this um, letter by my super company about the gender super gap being like, yeah. oh, you know, as a woman, you retire with 50% less. And I'm sorry, this was a real letter that was sent. A real letter, yeah. real letter that I was sent in 2015. And it was like, here's some tips. We've put together 300 handy tips to help you save money for your retirement. <laughs> And it was things like, yeah, reusing your tea bags, um, buying cheaper makeup, like avoiding divorce was one of the tips. Like, Wait, this, and this is a super company sending you this. My super company that I've since left, obviously. But yeah, my super company sent me this letter and with these 300 tips. And I obviously like, I think most people wouldn't have bothered to read them, but I was like, something about it pissed me off, like the way it was phrased. And it was yeah, like a totally. woman with a piggy bank, like in the image. And I, so I dug into it. I read all these tips and I was like, this is a show. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> so I yeah. built five minutes around it and then I fleshed that out and that became the show. And so I had a character that was like um, sort of leading the seminar um, who was called Superwoman. So she was the, like, she was this, like, I guess the stand in for the super company, like she, or, or that general voice. Yeah. And a lot of the stuff she said was from their website. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And it was so outrageous. <laughs> like, I'm like, um, what was one of the things she said? She was like, or like, yeah, just for giving that tip, she's like, avoid divorce. Like, it's <laughs> one of the things you should do, ladies. Can't afford to be a negative Nelly in this economy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, um, and so, yeah, that was something where it was just like, but she can say that stuff. Whereas if I said it, I'd sound like it would be different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. I love Sadie too. Like that show is like co-written by super company. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Literally. I called the, the program, their program was called the Superwoman Money Program. Yeah. And that's yeah. what I called my show. Oh, right. Awesome. I Googled it. You can't copyright a title. Yeah. I was like, fucking sick. <laughs> no one even Googles that. They'll find me. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I, it's one of those things you hear that and you're like, how did, why, like, why did they send that out and think that would be, oh, this is a really good thing we need to do here. I know. Well, it was funny because they took it down. Like I got in, I think I got into the Australian, like, and there are a few other things like yeah. media outlets and stuff. And then it disappeared. Um, <laughs> Someone's taking the piss out of our genuine tips for women. Yeah, yeah, What's yeah, going exactly. on? I know. But then obviously someone had been like on a deadline. I got to find content and was like Googling tips to like, not like save money. Yeah. yeah. And like not really thinking about how that comes across of like, you know about structural inequality? Yeah. Well, we're not going to do any, any, we're not going to do anything about that, obviously. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> we could tell you like, maybe you should shop at Aldi and that would like help. Yeah. 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 <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah. To me, it seems like a similar thing of, you know, if you're talking about, I don't know, like carbon emissions or recycling or all that sort of stuff, and you're telling everyone, it's like, well, you've got to do this with your bottle caps now, da, 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 da. Yeah. And then you've got like private jets flying around and like totally. all these things and say, like, what's the bigger thing that you could maybe deal with yeah. first? Yeah. It's um, a distraction because it's like, yeah. if you're worried about your bottle caps, you're not going to be thinking about like, what is it? 70% of the world's emissions <laughs> yeah, or hundred yeah. like are made by like 10 companies like, yeah. or hundred companies. Yeah, you just distracted. Totally. Yeah. I love that so much. If that sounds like something that like someone would put together in chat GPT now with like 300 tips for women to save on super. Yeah. And then the AI is like, well, I reckon the AI would do a better job. Probably. Be Actually, yeah. Or maybe yeah. you'll turn around and go like, mm, don't like this phrasing of this question. <laughs> Give me something else and I'll work on that with Even you. Even the AI would say no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Totally. Thanks very much for listening. If you would like to keep up to date on future episodes, please consider subscribing. And for more information on what we're doing, our future workshops and uh, everything else we're up to, please head to spaceandearth.co.